Welcome back to another episode of Toys on Tab. We got another big one for you, Battle Babies. Brad is one of the first people in the beginning that started this whole scene, and it's really exciting to get him on the podcast to talk about his journey, talk about how he ended up making these Battle Babies, and why he still makes toys and enjoys toys today. If you want more Toys on Tab, you can go on all the socials, like subscribe everywhere toys on tap we got the name everywhere and if you want more you can jump on the patreon at patreon.com slash toys on tap now get ready for this episode I, uh, you know, it's funny, you, my wife works with dogs and you said air buds. Um, I can't watch animal films. This is so, this is so off topic. We'll, we'll get to it. I promise. Oh, no, that, I hope this whole thing's off topic. That's kind of <laughs> how I work. I cannot watch animal films because my initial thought is if they are more than four years old is like, oh, that, that animal is dead now. Like, it, it, oh, oh, no, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, so like any any old show or anything where there's like a reoccurring animal character, like oh that thing is dead now. Like this is a bummer of a show now. <laughs> <laughs> Every so I'm, I'm assuming you like animals a little bit. Yeah. So uh, yeah, like that's that's we we love dogs. I, we don't have any cats, but I like cats. I like I like every creature that I see, and I don't I don't like them being dead. But I've kind of. I guess I'm the age where I've accepted that that's just what happens to them. Like I don't, yeah. we lost, we lost our dog that we had for about 12 years this summer, about three months ago, four months ago. And that was, it was hard. Like I'd never, it's the first dog we had together. My wife and I've been together 20 years. So it's the first animal we had together. And, you know, like to say she was like a child would be putting it mildly, but you know, I know she wasn't a child, but she was just, my friend and she was around all the time and she wasn't. And that was really, I don't know. We've yeah. seen people go through it, but it's the first time I had went, I'd had, you know, animals die when I was a kid, but that didn't matter. Like, you know, it's yeah. different when you pay all this shit for them and spend yeah. all your time with them. And like, it's when it's when they're a responsibility and you lose them, it just kind of a little, little different. Yeah, my wife and I, she um, works with service animals. She trains dogs for veterans. And so her, like, um, her understanding of, like, death and all that stuff with animals is so clear. And it's very much like, oh, they die. They will die one day. It is what it is. But for me, it's like, still... yeah, I'm so heartbroken by, like, the fact that my dog could die. And I just, like, I, like, look at it. <laughs> and I'm like, Don't die. <laughs> No, we spent so like two years ago. She had a had that we we thought she was just going to die, and she yeah. had like a like her spleen had ruptured, mm-hmm. and it was just bleeding into her over and over, and it had so it made like a basically a volleyball sized lump inside of her. And when they mm-hmm. finally saw it on the scan, they're like, "It's a giant tumor," but it was just coagulated blood. So they took that out of her. And it gave her like a new lease on life. Like she was just like moving around like a new dog the last year and a half. And, but we could quickly see that it had led to some, you know, other stuff. And so that last six months she was alive, even before, because when she did finally pass, it was kind of sudden. 
that last six months, I swear to God, I'd go to bed every night and my wife would be brushing her teeth and I'd just be looking at Mel like, just live like six more years. Yeah. Yeah, I just whisper in her ear and Stacey would be like, what did you say? I'm like, nothing. She's like, are you whispering the dog to live forever again? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like I just, I just couldn't imagine, you know, just life without all those weird little things that she did. And, uh, but now we, we tried to adopt. It didn't work. That dog was out of its fucking mind. I, I won't cuss if I don't, if I can't, by the way. No, you, you're <laughs> good. You're good. Yeah. But, but that dog, uh, dog was out of its mind and we really weren't ready to adopt yet anyway. We thought we wanted to, but we weren't ready. But about a month ago we adopted and she's, she's awesome. She's got the same kind of energy. She's, she's a pup though. She's out of, she's also crazy, but it's mainly today. It's just, I can hear her through the ceiling screaming at my wife every 10 minutes about something. Just Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, welcome to toys on tap. If you haven't heard an episode, spend time interviewing toy artists from all different backgrounds. Um, some that have been in for as little as a month, some that have been in for years. And you have been one of my, like whenever I put a thing that's like, which artist should I get on next? You have popped up so many times and it's taken me so long to get to you. And um, so that's I'm stoked. Cool, yeah. And it's junk fed just was like, you need to get Brad on. Like this he's, so, I mean, it's for it's kind of weird to think of it in these terms now, but like when this started, like it, it all started with Morgan, of course, um, Suck Lord. But so, like, Morgan was doing his thing, and Brandon, Warlords of War, have you talked to him yet? I don't think I haven't yet. Uh, so, Brandon um, got invited to do one of the first clutter shows. I, I, hell, I guess it was the first clutter show. And asked me if I wanted to go and I was so new to it. I was just like, I don't know what the fuck I would do in New York at a, like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't, yeah. what am I going to do? Like, I like put, put a baby on a hippo and make it fart at something. Like I really didn't know at the time what I was doing. And so he went and did clutter. And when he did clutter, Healy made hadn't started yet. It was like, it was like Morgan, Brandon, and like three other guys that no longer do it. And basically it was Morgan and three guys trying to be like Morgan, you know, just trying to copy what Morgan was doing. And then Brandon didn't want to do that. Brandon wanted to be the guy that was taking it somewhere higher. Yeah. You know, like taking the artistry a little bit higher. And uh, he knew that he had to carve that out for himself. So within a year, it was like me, Brandon, Junk Fed or Todd, who we didn't know yet. And like, I guess you no know, dollar slice wasn't doing it yet, but like a couple, a couple other guys, but it was like, Oh, Pete. Wow. I didn't think about Pete. Killer yeah. bootleg. So it was like Pete, Pete. It was like Morgan, then Pete and Brandon and me kind of at the same time. And then Todd right there at, at us. It was like the six or seven of us doing our own different things, variations on things and stuff. But like, then we kind of blinked and it's been like 15 years later, or 20 years later, and we're all still doing this nonsense. and. I mean, you know, we do it less than we did, but we still love to dip in and see what all the young guys are making and occasionally try to show that we can still do something. So, yeah. Well, before we go further, can you please introduce yourself? Tell us how long oh, you've been uh, doing this and what you do. I uh, shut up. Brad Raider, uh, Battle Babies, which thank God I saddled myself with that moronic name. <laughs> <laughs> That's my name forever, I guess. But uh, it's been 12 years, I guess, of this stuff 12 oh, 13 Lord. years like i mean i've been making stuff my whole life but i kind of 
ran away from it at a certain age. And then I just weirdly, I mean, to hear just to kind of throw the quick, the quick story on how I got back to like putting my hands on things and making things was my wife and I went to a flea market, like, Oh my God, it's been 14 years ago, I guess like that 13, about 13 years ago. And we love flea markets. We both love toys. We both collect our houses just full of toys. And, um, I found this bag of babies and it's just a bunch of little like, like uh cake topper babies and, uh, like a brontosaurus, like a sixties brontosaurus. And inside of that were two ravage missiles that went like a G1 ravage tape. Yeah. And I just, it was 50 cents for the bag. I was like, that's neat. The ravage missiles are probably worth 20 bucks. Like, you know, I'll, I'll take that. And I got home and, Oh, there was a little plastic grenade in it too, like a tiny little grenade. And I just kept looking at that bag of stuff. And my wife was like on the couch. It was a Saturday. She was falling asleep and she, she looked at me and I swear to God, this makes no sense why she would tell me not to do this because I wasn't doing this stuff. But she said specifically, don't do anything to that dinosaur. And I said, what do you mean? She's like, well, you're looking at it weird. Like you're going to glue it together or cut it up or something. And that's still odd to me because I wasn't doing that. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have like a laboratory. I wasn't cutting things up or a work. I wasn't doing any of that stuff, but she falls asleep. And of course I looked at it and I'm like, what if that baby was sitting on it and holding a grenade with like the ravage missiles stuck into the, that look, that'd look neat. And so I did it and she woke up and she was like, well, that, that does look neat. And, uh, then like a month later I bought like uh, a bunch of like, like, 12 or 15 like animals like warthogs and pigs and cows and then a bunch took the rest of those babies and took a bunch of toy parts because I had toy parts and just started you know farting stuff together and uh put a few pictures online and this guy Justin Gammon from this website called Weirdo Toys which I still think is out there mm-hmm. um he reached out and said can I buy those and I said, by those, what do you mean? Buy them, what do you mean? He's like, pay you money. And I'm like, okay. And which ones do you want? And he's like, I want them, like like 10 or 15 of them. I want them. And that was very foreign to me. I was just like, why would somebody want this thing that yeah. I did? And uh, then I started making a few more after I did that. I just kept doing it and started you know, expanding what I was doing and thinking about it in different ways. And then I suddenly noticed I had patronage in a way like i didn't really know what that was but like i noticed some people ordering again and again and different people and then this one person in particular the the one that changed my life was a guy named brandon barker who's warlords of war um every time i did a drop which a drop was you know a thursday night i had five things ready and i (laughs) posted on facebook or something um (laughs) yeah he uh he would always buy one or two and then finally he reached out to me for a commission and the commission was just, he's like, you know, Hey, I'd like to do something with a gray skull. Is that something you've thought about doing? And I'm like, you know, I, I could probably figure it out. And he, I'm like, is he's like ballpark. He's like, you know, I want to spend like 500 bucks or less, like something like that. And at the time that was astronomical. I'm like $500 to like glue something to something and paint yeah. something like, like a cool, cool. And so I get off the phone or of course I called him. I wanted yeah. to talk to this person in person. And uh, so I get off the phone. We had a great conversation. And I get off the phone and he had a website called Manor Monster, Manor Monster Studios. And I start looking at this guy's page and it's like ceramic art, casting, 
uh, full on painting. He he was making like stained glass comic detective comic covers with like castles and smoke and Batman on a mountain and and I and I remember like immediately I felt super freaked out because I'm like this is a real artist. Mm-hmm. This is a person that knows what they're doing, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And I kind of lived in that anxiety for like a day, and then I thought to myself, you know what? He's already bought. He's already bought like six or seven things. He reached out to me to do this. He knows how dumb I am. <laughs> like he's aware of how stupid what I do is. He's approaching me because of that. And I said, part of me was even a little like, maybe it's just as a joke or a gag. But in the end, he is patronizing me, maybe in one way or the other, maybe both ways. Um, But so I got a little confidence. I made a thing for him. And long story longer, we now live a mile apart. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're brothers forever. You know, we watch each other's dogs. We have a drink every Friday night, make dinner every Saturday night together. Our families and his family's my family now. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's cool. Like this, this weird community did this to us. And, you know, people like Pete are now friends and Todd's my best friend too. And like, just, we're all, I don't know, man, this, this, this stuff brought us all together and it's, it's rad. It's super rad. You know, I, it's grown from what you you talked about with like how small it is and and just the amount of people it has grown to is insane. Yeah. Um I'm interviewing people from all over the world um and these scenes are popping up everywhere and I've got enough artists to do the next 2 or 3 years releasing one a week and it's like the I it is so hard to believe that it started with like six people. Yeah, we just, and it, it started with Morgan. I mean, and and I'll say, I said that thing about Brandon. It started with Morgan just wanting to do something, yeah, just different with his life. And then Pete, Pete was the guy that kept stepped in and said he. And again, Pete has shown tons of business acumen throughout his career with this. But Pete knew he had to be different. Yeah, he knew it had to be similar, but he knew it had to be something else mm-hmm. than what Morgan was doing. So he took the art, he took the skill to a different place. And then Brandon came in and said, you know, fuck just taking it to a new place. I like he he spent years in college getting an art degree and studying all kinds of different ways of doing things. And he wanted to take every facet of what he learned and put it into you know, making, you know, boss cog with me or you know whatever random thing we he wanted to make it great yeah and then my i'm not i'm not the kind of skill i don't have the skill that they have like i don't have the the years of of work and that they put into it because i spent so much of my early life like young life trying to do other things but the itch came back so i kind of became more of a i love the collaboration side of it like working with brandon taking ideas and using him to flourish them out and then we worked on a couple things together and then that helped us bring Todd in to like make our stuff look even better and so for like five years there I feel really proud of some of the things that me and Brandon and Todd and Pete made to either all together or kind of like two of us here three of us there but every card we put out every figure we put out we painted the shit out of it we worked the hell out of it we didn't 
again, that is not to make, you know, light of what happens now. Like some people do really quick, goofy, intentionally shitty yeah. things. I love that. I think that stuff's great, but we, we had a different picture for it. Like we wanted to really put our OCD and our psychosis into all of it and just yeah. overwork everything and overpaint things. And, and I, I hope if any effect that we had on it was just making younger people kind of just step up their ideas a little bit and just kind of push it a little bit further than just kind of, yeah. because I've definitely, I've definitely a lot of things out. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> have, but, but uh, there are so many people that we've met and we've the, the show coming up in uh, Asheville in what, two weeks. Uh, yeah. Assembly required. Like the people we've met through Matthew's show is just last year's show was amazing. Like the young kids that we met doing what they're doing, like just, them walking up to our table like it's you guys and we're like come on guys like we we we, we didn't do much for the show like we just kind of yeah. came to eat and we made a couple things and we're blown away by what you're doing and that we had any effect at all like i can't believe we had any effect like especially the things that they're doing like uh i can't i never get her name proper or right nekasatsu toys Do I say yeah, that right? Nekusatsu. like we met we met her at the first assembly required like three years ago and mm -hmm. her and her mom were there. Like her mom was with her, uh -huh. but just the simplicity of what they were doing was just, but how beautiful it all was. Like it was simple, like something suck Lord would make, but the effort was so much higher and just the thoughtfulness on every little thing, just like the cards were simple, but just striking and beautiful. The figures were just, I've got, I've got one of their figures like in my house there. That's like just in a prime location at all times. Like just a little, just clear resin pieces, but it's still one of my favorite. Yeah. 20 things, 20 things in my house, a million things. So we interrupted this broadcast of toys on top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have engine failure. We must crash land on DKE toy planet. Oh my. We're doomed. Wait! Salvation! Hooray! We're saved in DLP2! Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! Which yeah. is so great. So, and you know, I, I, as I bring on artists, I have to go through Instagrams and like figure out who the artist is and like do all that research and then look online and do all that stuff. Two things pop up for me and I want to talk about one of them, but um, the first one is you've taken two pictures of your calves and they are like glorious on Instagram. <laughs> so Again, I work hard at them now, but yeah. mostly that was just being a giant fat guy for a long time. Yeah. Like that was, I, if you want perfect calves, the fitness advice I would give anyone is just be 300 pounds for about 10 years. Yeah. And then lean up a little bit. That's, that's all it is. That, <laughs> it was just, a, it was like a, it was a 10 year bulk. Yeah. <laughs> and then like a, like a four or five. No, I, I, I work hard physically now because I'd spent a long time in my life not working at all at it. And I was afraid I was going to die and I probably wasn't going to die. And now I'm again, getting close to 50 and I feel like I'm 20 again. And it's just, yeah. you know, it's just effort. I don't, I don't put in, 
I don't put in effort like a lot of guys do, but I put in a lot more effort than most guys my age do. So, yeah. Still, I was looking. Um, my I was sitting next to my wife last night, and uh, I, she was doing a puzzle or something, and I was like scrolling through, and I was talking to her about you, and I was like, "This I gotta. I want to talk about these things and this." And I stopped talking. She looked over, and it was just the picture. I don't know. It was like calf raises or something. It was just a picture. It's something. And she was like, "What are you? Uh, what are you staring? What are you at? looking at? What are you looking at, pal?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, "No, oh, nothing, nothing." I, it was like is one that, of those is things. That what you, is that what you like now? Yeah, it was like a moment. Like she caught me watching porn. Almost was like, "Oh, sorry, I got to slam no, my phone right, down." Right. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but I, uh, the other thing that I come across is like toys fill your feed, both collectibles, things that you've made, all kinds of stuff. Take me back, if you want, 40 years, all the way back when you were a kid. Like, what are toys like in your life? Are they, like, building you to the person you are now? They they absolutely are. Like, they my, – my first toy story is um, – this would be yeah, – I'm 46, uh, so that would be – I'm going to say, say this is, like, 1980, 1981 probably, so I'm probably, like, five years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting at the uh, my dining room table at my grandmother's house, my mom's mom, and she had this big oval brown table. And I just remember the whole kitchen was just wood grain. Everything was wood, the floors, the, the cabinets, just everything was just brown wood. And uh, I remember she always made made me a peanut butter sandwich and she kept her bread in the refrigerator, which was weird to me. It's like no, nobody else I knew did that. But her bread was always cold. And she always used this terrible peanut butter that was saltless peanut butter. Yuck. I mean, it was, and again, dude, I, I, peanut butter is my favorite thing in the world probably. And my whole life, I think it's been my favorite thing. And I'll eat any, now I'll eat saltless peanut butter. I'll mm-hmm. eat any kind of peanut butter, but it's better with salt. That's, yeah. you know, it absolutely is. But as a kid, like this shit was awful. And, but every Every single Saturday, she'd make me that same peanut butter sandwich on the cold bread, sitting on a plate with like a glass of skim milk. So it was like the worst snack any kid could have, like skim milk. Yeah. A weird – she cut – oh, she also cut off the, the rind, and I liked the rind. <laughs> and she told me – and I, I, I would tell her like, please don't cut off the rind. And she cut off the rind. Anyway, that's – this is not the important part of the story, but I remember every detail of the of the moment. And – there was at the bottom of the hill from her house. There was a little uh, store called Eckerd's. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was just a Southern thing or like, I don't know if that was everywhere. It's like, it's like a pharmacy slash Walgreens. It was like Walgreens before Walgreens, I guess. And they kept all of their toys. I remember on the very back side of the store on an end cap facing the back wall. Okay. That's the only place they had toys. And they had just a shit ton of Battlestar Galactica and Star Wars toys. And I had yet to have a Star Wars toy at this point. And I had been to see Empire Strikes Back, but I didn't have any Star Wars toys. And um, so she bought me Walrus Man, Hammerhead, and Greedo. And I got them home. And that's this, this day I'm sitting at the table eating this shitty meal. And I'm like taking walrus man's belly and rubbing the wrinkles in his belly like this the little you know yeah taking greedo and i'm rubbing the little ridges on his chest and feeling the little bumps on his head and hammerhead i'm feeling like the veins in his arms and and i remember looking at my grandma at like five years old and saying somebody did this 
And she would tell me that for years. Like you always said somebody did this and it took me a long time to understand what you meant. But even at that age, what I meant was I could see someone made it. Like it wasn't, it didn't just show up at the store, even at five. I'm like, somebody had to create this and get it to a store. And I was just always fascinated with like finite details on things. And, and so those, those toys became, you know, like any kid, like Star Wars and GI Joes and all that shit was just, it was my life when I was a kid. Like it was, I spent so much time playing by, I was an only kid. I was an only child. So I spent so much time just like, I remember like huddled in dark corners or under steps or in closets, playing with toys and making lots of weird noises and just, you know, escaping with it. And then I got older and kind of, you know, gave up on that, like adults tend to do. And, but then I, 25 years, you know, 25 years old, uh, met this, this lady and our first date, she said something about, um, her uncle used to get her Batman and the outsiders comics. And I didn't know what I didn't, I was a pretty nerdy guy at the time. I didn't know what the hell that was. Yeah. I didn't know that Batman had a B team of outsiders. Like he left the just, so she, this girl's explaining this to me at an olive garden, which is olive garden. Mm, <laughs> mm. Like we're, and like, so we go watch ET. It's like the 20th anniversary of ET at the time. So 60 years ago. And, uh, so like we, we start dating three years later, we're married and along the way before getting married, I found out she loved toys the way I love toys. She grew up with a princess Leia indoor figure in her pocket for like six years when she was a kid. Jeez. And like weeks before we got married, we were collecting together again, like, you know, going to flea markets and finding stuff and by the time we got married, we, you know, had a couple rooms full of just random stuff and have just spent the last 20 years collecting together. And like, I, I, we have time at the end of run around the house real quick, but like it, it's 80% of the stuff in this house. It's her fault. Yeah. And I'm not blaming her. I love it. I'm glad, but like, it's just, she's, she's passionate about the way I'm passionate about it. So our passions for it together is what allowed me to make toys. And like, she was cool with like, Hey, be a bum and be a weirdo and try to make toys, quit your job and do something different. And she always allowed me, she gave me that freedom to do what I wanted to do. And then I started like seeking out other artists and finding people like Brandon and Todd. Who, again, she always encouraged it. And now we live near those friends and those people are our family. And like, it, it just toys, toys made me who I, who I was helped me kind of find myself again. And then it gave me the life I have. And and it's led even like this fitness thing that I do now, like I'm a personal trainer, but like, I, I wouldn't have it without toys. I wouldn't have the connections. I wouldn't have the positivity. I wouldn't have the, the wherewithal to do this without what toys kind of empowered me to do. And, uh, it's all, it's been awesome, man. Toys are great. Like, they're great. They're great. Yeah. They, yeah, it's hard to convey to people on the outside. My wife once looked at me and she said, um, I can see you're passionate about this. I don't share that passion, but I can see it in you. And I was like, great. I can't explain it. I'm just glad you see it. Um, but I, it's, it was, it's, it's hard. It's hard not to see it when somebody cares about something. I think it's really hard not to. Yeah. To, and it's really tough to like, 
I don't know, to even articulate like what it is about toys sometimes. Like, yeah, for me, it was like growing up as, as a kid, like it was the escape for sure. So it's like reliving those things and just even having them on a shelf. Um, it, it's a weird thing to explain to people. It's like there's an excitement to it. Like, I mean, there's 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 a physiological part to it, too. Like, in, you know, endorphin rush and getting in that new toy high, stuff like that. But like, I don't know, there's there's an excitement when something new comes into your life. I think that's kind of what a little bit is about, which is kind of why I'm, we I could go on this topic for hours. But we're very sad about we're, we get sad when people bitch about toys. Yeah. And and I think that I mean that I, I don't mean that you can't complain about something you don't like, but I mean that in terms of there is so much to collect, there's yeah. so much to find out there, there's so much old stuff to enjoy, there's so much stuff that we already have that we like, and we you know we have a lot again a lot of people we know a lot of people in the toy industry now through some clubs that we're a part of and some groups that we're in. And we've made a lot of friends with people that work high up in a lot of companies or own companies like Andrew Franks, the guys that own Eric Arana, that owns Boss Fight. We're friends with them. Like we know so many people in the toy industry and so many of these people collect the way we collect and collect what we collect. Yet there's so, so many of them are so unhappy with everything. Mm. Like the D, the new D&D toys, like she was so excited to get those and she's really happy with what they are for what they are. But then there are people that treat them like, you know, hot toys. Mm-hmm. They're like, these things aren't, these things aren't perfection and they don't tap into that perfect moment that I wanted. It's like, they want them to be the toys they wanted when they were eight. Right. And they're not those toys, but they're actually better than what those toys would have been when they were eight, if they got them then, but they still don't like them because yeah. of all the things that they get to have. And there's no, there's literally no spectrum for like collecting anymore to some people. I don't think it, people can't look at a $20 toy and go, the $20 toy, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's just, uh, this is a pretty good, you know, it's a pretty good figure in Dan, but like his fingers don't hold his thing good enough. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. Like it's a toy. Like, yeah how many of our toys held anything well when we were kids? Like my star Wars figures, everybody held, you know, yeah, that's the, that's the blaster hand. And like, it kind of pointed like that way. It didn't, (laughs) it didn't really. So like we were fine with that. And I know things have to get better and improve and we always should do better, but like, I don't know, man, like people just spend a lot of time complaining about toys. Yeah. When the point should be enjoying the toy, like having the whole point, the whole reason it exists is to be happier. Yeah. You don't buy a kid a toy so the kid will be sad. Yeah. After he opens the toy and buy it so the kid will, and they're for kids. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, they're for kids. <laughs> and, and, you know, and like, and I know there's a, it's, it's geared towards collectors now too, but still, like, they're toys, man. Like, they're yeah. little physical representations of people and, and most of them are, it's like, I'm a big Star Wars fan and I like pretty much everything Star Wars. I don't like, think everything is on the same level and equal, but like, I love it all. Like, I just love that it still gets to be made and gets to be out there for people. And I try to tell people all the time, it's space wizards and space lizards. It's total fucking nonsense. Yeah. It's just, it's stupid. And if you take it any, if you take it too serious, you're always going to be disappointed. Like you're going to be. And I think we're lucky to be in a community like toy wise and like art wise, what we do. And a lot of the friends I have is like, 
kind of the point of what we do is making stupid stuff. So most people understand that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of our like hyper collector friends that collect a lot of retail stuff, like they're they're miserable shit bags like all the time. They're just so unhappy. They're so they're just I love them all, but they're even though I call them shit bags, but they're just unhappy. Yeah. And I wish they would just I don't want to tell them to unplug and don't collect toys anymore, but you kind of feel like they need to reset a little bit. So Yeah. I you know what was crazy? Um it reminds me of when Hasbro Pulse was doing their Rancor. And it mm-hmm. had uh it was like something crazy like I don't know, 42 inches wide, like the arm span and everything. And it had something like 40 points of articulation and all these things. And, um, you know, someone made the, they like everyone's bitching about this as well. And then I remember someone made a comparison to the old Rancor and it was like, man, you like, I would have dreamed and loved as a kid to have a toy that was 42 inches wide with an arm span, like all these articulating, whatever. But instead I got stuck with things that only had like shoulders that moved. So maybe we don't complain about certain things and aspects of what's going on. Again, it's, it's okay to expect good things. Yeah. I don't. And when you make that argument to people, a lot of times, a lot of the people we talk to, when you make that argument about don't, don't let yourself get blown out of proportion or don't, you know, don't worry about every little thing. They take it right to like, well, I, I can't want something nice. And I'm like, you can want something nice, but yeah. also it's a toy. Yeah. And it's just, it's just like, it's like a movie. Like you don't like a movie. I'm never, I'm just never going to understand why someone spends hours and chunks of their life talking about the things they don't care about mm-hmm. or the things that they dislike. And I think they need to spend a lot more time talking about the things they love and sharing the things they love with people and putting things out there to like, you know, push people up as opposed to just like stopping people in their tracks or like cramming them down with like, you know, again, especially with something as stupid as the rancor thumb doesn't look properly engineered. Like, I mean, Jesus Christ, like, you know, it's, it would have been an awesome toy to have and I probably would have bought it. Yeah, and and a lot of that, a lot of that Haslab stuff. Like I, I luck, I got my katana from a from a dealer friend that got me a really good deal on it um, when it first came out. Um, I kind of wanted that Unicron, but then I looked at it, and I'm like, it's too big, and yeah. I don't need it. Um, but I, I kind of wanted the Galactus. I think it looks great. Didn't get it. You know, I don't, I don't need everything. I have a lot of things, and there are a lot of things that I see that I want to get, but then I'm, you know. I'm like, it's fine. I don't have to have it. I'll be okay. I I got out of that. I was a bit of a completist with some things for a while. And I realized that that, you know, as you get older, you realize that is unsustainable as untenable. Like you can't collect everything. You can't want everything. You can't nitpick everything. You just got to like buy the things that make you laugh and make you happy. Like just, and there's no way collecting every single toy can make you happy. Like it's just, that doesn't work that way. Right. Like there are toys that I love looking at, but man, the joy of the world is not wrapped up in that toy. No. Some some toys kind of encapsulate that joy, but it's not the toy. It's just it's what the toy makes you think of and makes you feel. And yeah. So um we can... as you like are create, I mean, we'll move up a little bit. Um you you start creating these battle babies which is like the most intense 
like thing to create. It's so sick to create. And there you had posted about the it's like I don't know how to it's this baby robot. And they got like five babies in it, the arms and each thing, like the, all the babies oh, in the helmet. It's like a little, it's like a gestalt, like a, like a combiner. Yeah. Yeah. So is that, is that where the name, or like between creating that at your first and then this type of thing, is that where the you name mean the, Battle Babies comes from? The, the first thing I created was, again, it was like 10 different, they were very simple. Those pictures are probably harder to find, but it was like, it would be like a pig. So it'd be like, be like a pig uh-huh. and then the pig would get a baby on it yeah. so baby riding a pig so now you're like that's not interesting enough so i would open the pig's mouth and put like a katana in his mouth <laughs> and then then i'd look on the back of it and i'm like it needs a little more interesting things so i'd chop the leg off and put a wheel like one wheel yeah so very early on it was as simple as a pig with a baby and a wheel and a knife coming out of its mouth and then it might be a a deer with like one of the early ones was uh, a deer, and this was kind of stolen from Gentleman Broncos. Actually, uh, have you ever seen that movie? The Mm-mm. it's so it's a movie about I think Jermaine Clements in it. Uh, uh, shoot, Sam Sam Elliott, not Sam Elliott. Uh, my God. He was uh, what's his? He was in the Marvel movies and the Iron Man movies. He was uh, the second one, the bad guy. My God, my old brain isn't killing me. Oh my God, you're watching the old man have a stroke. Anyway, it's this movie about this kid that likes to write stories. And yeah. one of the story, he likes to write these fantasy stories and he kind of keeps like thinking about all these like this this weird world that he's writing about. It's like kind of 70s sci-fi, like really, really weird stuff. And so it keeps his, the life part is normal. And it was by the guy that did Napoleon Dynamite. That's right. It was uh, Jared Hess did it. Yeah. It was like the movie he did before Napoleon Dynamite, I believe. And so he, in the fantasy world in his head, there's these things called battle stags. And they were, they were literally just like stags floating through the air on like little thin streams with like sparks coming out of their butts. <laughs> and they'd like shoot missiles out of their mouths. And so yeah. that was about the time I was doing this. And, so I took a stag and put like jet fire engines on it, like from a Transformers jet fire. Like these missiles were probably worth 20 bucks a piece. And I just glued them to a stag yeah. and put a baby on it, holding the mace. And, you know, that oh, was the piece. Yeah. And it was just, you know, but I would, you know, I'd go set up at a little, I'd put, put 10 of those online and, you know, sell some more and sell some more. And then finally Brandon was like, Hey, do a show with me. And we did a show in Charlotte and I made like a hundred and, 20 pieces like i busted my ass to get like 120 pieces done for like a month or two and went to the show sold like everything mm-hmm. couldn't believe i sold everything and then but everything i made every single thing i made i made to make me laugh mm-hmm. that first show that was everything like it was just again gluing one dumbass thing to another thing and maybe occasionally putting some paint on it and then the next show though, I'm like, I got to sell now. So I was like making Batman stuff, and Spider-Man stuff. And I sold like half of my stuff. And I was like, what did I do? Like, how did that go the other way? And it was because I, the lesson I learned was make myself laugh. Yeah. Make stuff for me and people will respond to it or they won't. And uh, that's, that's so kind of been my, that's been my focus from, from that point forward is just like, I'll make a thing that makes me happy. And if that means I've got 20 pieces ready for a show or 60 pieces ready for a show or a hundred pieces ready for a show, it'll be what it is. Yeah. 
And but the people will get what I'm gonna. They'll get my sense of humor. They'll get my. They'll get my mood at least where I was at. And sometimes that with some of the battle over time, the battle babies went from just a baby riding a thing to like just like babies. I don't know. Like I did a piece like a baby had. I like Vikings and you know mm. barbarian stuff. That's all always cool. And again, the juxtaposition of babies being in those scenes is always funny to me like yeah. doing brutal stuff even though they're babies and uh so like it's like a pillar at the top of the pillar a baby had cut a baby's stomach open and pulled his intestines out and he had used those intestines to swing around the pillar to the bottom in like a spiral and at the yeah. bottom he cut a head off of someone else and so like I, I started putting motion into it and stuff like that and that's kind of when it started getting a little more elaborate and then that's about the time I started doing like 5.5 stuff. Like I didn't even, I didn't do 5.5 stuff till I met Brandon and we started working together and me and Todd started working together. I was always just making babies kill each other because I made myself battle babies. So I had nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> but, but luckily we, we work in an area where, you know, you can be battle babies and keep that name and, you know, make a, put boss hog, put Bosk in a boss hog outfit and call it boss hog and yeah. people are fine with that they don't care they're like yeah he usually makes baby stuff but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll take it <laughs> just it's crazy <laughs> i love that you bring up the idea of like making bait like the viking thing and then having babies there's a guy named um sham i don't know what his actual name is on instagram he goes by sham Pooty, and his whole thing I don't know if it's been forever or as of late is he's making, you know, little tykes, the, they make like the basketball hoop for little kids. Yeah. 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 So he made those into stocks and he, like you put your head and your arms through, he made the little turtle sandbox into an ashtray, the little car into a hearse, like all kinds of stuff. And it's just, it's like taking the things like two degrees off kilt. And I love that idea. Yeah, just just messing with it, man. Like, and I think a lot of people looked at some of the more grotesque, I guess, yeah. or gory stuff that I've made, and they would think, man, that guy's like a real. He probably wears like Cannibal Corpse shirts, and he's probably like really, dude. I'm the most vanilla, yeah, guy. Like, I don't. I mean, I'm a weird. I'm a weird person. I'm a goofy person. I know that, but like, you know, I, I listen to a good amount of Billy Ocean just as much as I listen to some Wolf Tooth. Like, yeah. you know, like I just. I like what I like and I do it because I find it amusing. Not, but you know, I think some people are like, what kind of statement is this? And I'm like, the statement is I was, I thought it was funnier than not existing. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I wasn't as happy before the baby was swinging from the intestines. Now I am happier. So that's why I made it like, that's, <laughs> that's the only, like this, this picture up here, like this is when I did my first toy de jour shore we did. I got reported for this picture. This this thing oh, that I made. Yeah. Like I got and again I got re I got reported for making that baby's head cracking opening with lightning like by someone that knew me. Yeah. You like you know that I don't have a lot of random people like if you're if you're you're either my friend because you know me in real life or you've seen my art, I don't know why that would offend you. Like I don't. Yeah. I mean, I can see how it could scare somebody, maybe, but like it's you know, it's a it's a doll. It's a doll with some I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 
How weird. I, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not super subversive. It's just, for me, it's just, it, it's tongue in cheek and it's just silly. Like, yeah. And how many, you said that was your first tour to Tori to your show. You've been in, that was like my show. Okay. Yeah. That, that was, so we got to know Sam and, you know, through friends and stuff, Sam and Liz been going to their shop for years. And so we did that one. And so we did Todd's show and we've done like other shows, like, Todd, Todd had his his self shows with the Walrus Man show, so we you know worked with that too. And, and you were in the Dan O'Brown show that just passed. Yeah, yeah, I, he's he's great, he's so good. Yeah, I think that's what like, um, it's intimidating sometimes to be in shows because I was in that through the toys that I make as well, and it's intimidating to see names like your guys's, and then also be like, well, all right, we're just joining the ranks here. Let's do this. But it was such a rad Dude, thing. We look at the stuff people were making too. Like it's that's what I loved about the show too, Dano. It wasn't it wasn't just like three and three quarter stuff. It was like squeaky pickle and those amazing like yeah little oh my gosh felt things. I'd admit to buy one and I, they were all gone by the time I paid attention to what was going on. And I don't know, just everybody makes such great stuff. Just yeah. everybody's making fun stuff, and it does. It's twenty year olds doing it, and it's. 30 year olds doing it and it's young ladies doing it and young men doing it and just everybody like everybody's just doing their random thing and our best ideas i'm pretty sure our best ideas are behind us like todd and maybe not todd todd's todd's special junk yeah. fed's something junk fed's a different kind of special like i don't think people understand how that that young man's brain works like it's just he's been creating one mind-bending thing after another for a very long time and like dating back before we were doing this like on a map like he's been creating like you know like he was like a rage-filled punk musician when he was 20 years old like you know headbutting people in smoky smoky <laughs> bars you yeah. know and then like now he's like you know he's probably when he gets off work today he'll probably be downstairs like you know cutting a horse out and making a cowboy shoot a cowboy in a dinosaur's belly or something like, you know, he's just been yeah. doing crazy stuff his whole life. And I don't know, man, like I'm proud of what we've been able to do, but I'm, I'm honestly more proud that there's people still doing it, you know, yeah. and they're going to keep doing it and they're going to keep taking it somewhere that we couldn't have thought it could go. As I don't ever want to gate. I don't want to gatekeep this stuff. Cause it's, you know, yeah, it's not mine what we're doing it's just we're making stuff making stuff's always going to be a thing like as you guys started and you were the beginnings and you kept going and uh building this giant um or this group and then it growing in the early stages did you have any insight or any thought that this would get bigger and become what it is today i just i knew that people I, you could see people at shows just I guess, so I guess when we first were doing shows, most of us doing shows, especially together, like some of the first years at C2E2, when we were all like at a booth together, at like Nerd City, like it would be like, I think the first year or the second year that I went to, the first year I went to, to C2E2 in the Nerd City booth, it was like me and Pete and Brandon and Todd was there the year after that. And uh, Ben Spencer, which is Galaxor, like just, we're all just at this one booth and most people would walk by the booth and were like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. And we're, we would have to explain again and again and again, like 
there are toys that we broke apart and glued together. And sometimes we made castings of them and they'd be like castings. Yeah. We made molds and we'd like, you know, cause we wanted, cause it's, it sounds insane when you think like you make a, uh, this, this is the thing I'm trying to cast today. Yeah. Um, so like you would think you would make this one time and that'd be enough, but no, in our infinite wisdom, we all re- all realized that maybe up to six to 10 people might want it. Yeah. So we had to make sure six to 10 people could have it. And so that's why we made molds yeah. <laughs> to make it six or 10 times. You yeah. know, we wanted to get volume out there. And, uh, and you're explaining to these people in the Chicago toy show setting and, you know, hundreds of thousands of people walking around and, over and over explaining what you're doing and why you're doing it. And none of them that first two or three years, none of them had every year. It was the same thing. Explaining why you're doing it. One out of a hundred people smiles at it. One out of 200 people buys it. But when that many people are walking through the show, you get to sell some stuff, but, but then suddenly you kind of blink. And then the first year that me and Pete did a figure together, we did the force awakens loop together. Um, we took like 30 or 40 to that show and he didn't come to the, sh- he came to the show. He didn't set it up with us, but he stopped by out of Rockford and that whole weekend, like I set up on Friday and the first Friday, like, you know, 35 sold in like an hour mm-hmm. and it was people coming to buy it. Like, and that, that was like in a year, that was a year of difference. The year before was what are you doing here and why you're doing this? And then that year it was like, people were like, Hey, where's your, where's the killer bootlegs battle babies piece? And it's, like, yeah. it's here. And you know, and they, those were like a hundred bucks a piece. And that was three years prior. I was selling stuff at that show for 20 and 30 bucks just to, to sell it. And, uh, it, it changed really abruptly mm-hmm. and really quickly. And, uh, what is this master? Deep in the darkest corners of our Digital sculptors are choosing body parts and combining them in unnatural ways. <laughs> they are making a mutant. The evolving group of worldwide toy makers has been collaborating digital sculpting and making a mutant on Instagram. <laughs> Making a mutant on Instagram. <laughs> Join Making a Mutant on Instagram, a digital sculpting toy collab. But then, I don't know, and now it's, I, I like where it's gotten to, though, because it was like, with that big change, came in a lot of people wanting to be a part of it. And I don't know that they wanted to make stuff so much as they just wanted to be a part of the, the scene, yeah. so to speak. I, I hate calling it the scene, but like, whatever it was. And I think... It's not that I was mad. They were, that sounds like an old man being like, get out of our lane. Like, <laughs> it's not that. I just wanted people to make, make things that were honest to who they were and things that they wanted to make. And I think people were just trying to get in mm-hmm. by making and, and a lot of it was just, and again, what we do is nonsense and borrowing and making stormtroopers wear hats and stuff like that anyway. But like, they were literally just making stuff that Suckward had made five years prior yeah. And, you know, putting putting their weird name on it and maybe saying like, you know, weed trooper or, you know, you know, penis emperor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it felt like for about six years there, it was everything was penises or weed. Just yeah. everything. And it was always just these young guys that had just popped in for a second and then popped right out and they made six things and they left. And 
but now it's come, I think, full circle back to people really making cool stuff, like fun stuff and silly stuff and, you know, naming, coming up with fun puns and making it like literally thinking of like, we're, that's where I think so many of us started was like thinking of a pun and turning a pun into a thing. Yeah. You know, or making a goofy thing and finding a pun for it. Like, you know, that's so much of what we were doing for years. And then it, I don't know, it got, it just kind of got aggressive for a little while and it got a little kind of mean. Mm-hmm. And again, things can be mean and aggressive. Like, you know, I'm not saying don't be be hard. I'm just not yeah. a very hard person. So, like, uh, I just like that it's getting more back to making fun, enjoyable things. So, yeah, you know, be- going, there's a lot of there's a lot of beautiful things being made right now. Just like gorgeous stuff. Yeah, going to things like Designer Con has been. I've only been making toys since 2020 and had the podcast since 2021. And so like going to designer con and talking to these different artists, um, it's incredible. Like the joy that it brings, the welcoming that it is. Um, it's, it's a scene that I think I, I've looked for for a long time. And so it's really cool to be in it and, um, and be a part of it and people like dove who are helping corral a lot of us. And it's so helpful to do that. And um, even like having the podcast so that people like Peter can come on and, and talk about all the nonsense that's happening with him and the toy company right now. And it's like, he's, it's, he's just doing so much, man. Like he's, he he's the, he's the one out of all of us that is he's had the most, I mean, he, he knew he was never going to do anything else. Yeah, You know, like he knew this is who he was a hundred percent all the time and no one else has went for it the way he's went for it. I mean, he just, he found Phantom and he just kind of, it's like he found it somewhere in his brain and it just keeps going with it. And I I love it. Yeah. uh, You made a statement earlier um, that it's incredible. I kind of want to like ask you a little bit about it. Um, You said that toys are the reason that you're here the reason that like your life changed uh, and you went through like a whole, like almost like this weight loss journey and now physical fitness, like all kinds of stuff. Tell me about that. I just, I don't know. Just, it, it made me more I don't know, doing shows, setting up for shows, meeting artists, spending the last years of my life kind of like getting outside of my little box I had created because mm-hmm. I think we all kind of do that. I created a little box for myself between the age of like 28 and like 35. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And then I stepped outside of that and I saw there was way more to the world than kind of what I let myself see. Yeah. And I don't know, it just, it just opened me up, man. And I, I've, and I think, I don't know how much Todd, I didn't hear his episode, but like, I don't know how much, I'll, I'll always talk about Todd and Brandon more than they'll ever talk about me. And that's just because I'm a big cheesy, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm made of, I'm made of gooey stuff, Yeah. but we, we love each other dearly. But like, I know that I got Todd out of a place, but I didn't get him out of that place. Like just me being more open to the world and reaching out to someone like him was a little surprising to him, but that pulled him out of something. And like, I don't know, just at all, plastic nonsense and spot troopers and babies chopping up babies led to like people finding each other. Yeah. And in the end it wasn't about, and and, and again, that's all, 
making stuff is to me. It's like, you know, you're, you're looking for something inside and you're reaching out to other people with it. And I think that's kind of, I think that's the lesson and that's not what you're asking, but that's a, that's what I would tell any artist that's like trying to put their self out there. So many artists are very introverted mm-hmm. and a lot of, we've seen artists at shows trying to sell and they just kind of sit behind their desk like or the table like this and kind of look around and they're like afraid of people and they're afraid of kind of reaching out. But I, those, and you would ask them like, you know, do you, like they would say like, people are not my thing. Like that's not, it's just, I want to make stuff. But, but, I, but then I would challenge these younger people for the last few years and say, but why are you at the show? And they'd be like, well, you know, kind of sell my stuff. And I'm like, but, but, but who are you selling to? And they're like people. And I'm like, exactly. Like you make, you pull in, you go inside yourself and you pull something out and you give it to some, you're trying to give it to somebody. You want somebody to accept who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what toys are for me. That's what they've always been was, they meant a lot to me. You there. You posted something as well as a part of all of this that's that has changed you and toys and and pulling you out of certain places and like this weight loss journey. You went from like you post. It, it was two separate people, but it was a, this time hop or something. It's, I think to a lot of people it looked that way, but like I think that's the good thing about it is I, I liked who I was then. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel great. You know, and honestly, I felt better than most people with that weight, but I knew, you know, like uh, we had friends in the toy, we have a friend in the toy community named Hatch, uh, Phil, Phil Tarr, I don't know if you've ever seen him in toy groups, got him Hatch, uh, like he's big, big toy collector, he's out of Chicago, but like he, uh, 39 years old, two kids, a, a baby in his wife's belly, and he had a heart attack. Oh. And, you know, just not terribly unhealthy, he just, you know wasn't living super healthy and it caught up to him pretty quick. And, you know, that happened right after we kind of got on track and it really kind of solid, it made it more, it made it more of a reason to do it, you know, stuff like that. And I've, you know, had tons of friends. I mean, I'm Todd's had health issues. Brandon's had health issues. We've all, you know, had that mid 40s stuff, friends in their thirties with health, health issues, health friends in their 20. I had a friend in high school that died of a brain tumor, like, you know, like, this is all very finite. It doesn't last forever. And I think I was saying about making toys, we make a thing from inside of us. And then I think to physically make it manifest, that's us kind of reaching out with who we are. Yeah. And we can say we're not reaching out to other people, but if we say that, I think it's maybe just because we're afraid of other people. But in the end, we want people to accept what we're making. And so that's not about, but to me, that's not about the toy. That's about accepting me, you know, accepting who I am and what I am. So I was lucky that, you know, toys, I was lucky to understand that lesson about myself pretty quickly and realize, you know, hey, this was about reaching out to Brandon and reaching out to Todd, reaching out to Pete and getting to know these people and having like a real, real relationships with them, not just, you know, just kind of tertiary, like, you know, I like stormtroopers, you like stormtroopers, you know, like, yeah, that we cared about each other and we cared about each other's opinions and feelings. And because, you know, in the end, it's pretty, for the most part, for the most part, the guys and girls that are making the kind of things we're making, we're pretty aligned philosophically, I think. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's differences like anything, but we're, we all kind of see things on a pretty even place. And, 
you want to, it's my opinion that you should have more of those people in your life, makes your life better. You know, yeah. more toys makes your life better and more people makes the right kind of people makes your life better. And, uh, I don't yeah. know. I, um, one of my favorite people, uh, my best friend, we connect over art a lot. We took different live life paths and our lives now are like crazy different. But um, the thing that draws us together is definitely art. And both of us do it like weird art. Uh, he does uh, stencils and uh, he's a tattoo artist and I do toy art. And so it's like both of those like together are just the weirdest conglomerate. But um, it's it's been, yeah, this community is something powerful. It's people just keep making, I say making stuff, but that's all it is, man. It's just make something like you know yeah you you've talked about your wife and you having this crazy collection between all these toys all these things uh which 85 percent of is her fault which i've heard you say dude but this motu origins thing i thought we love motu she loves motu but i don't know like motu is one of those things after classics kind of ended i kind of assumed we had plenty of motu apparently not Bad assumption. Apparently that was a really, and, and who knew that in like two years, they'd make a hundred Motu origins figures. Like toy companies don't pull that shit off anymore. That's like Hasbro star Wars, 2010 level stuff. Like it's like when you walk in Kmart or Kmart had an exclusive every month, target had an exclusive every month. Walmart had their own exclusive every month. Toys R Us had like two exclusives every month. And that was just Star Wars. And like, it's not quite that big, but it's, yeah, she's buying a lot of Motu. She bought the frog thing today, which I was actually on board with. I'm all, I'm on board with whatever she wants, but like, it's a little frog. So like, I, like yeah, I'm, I'm, we, we, we're good too with like purging collection over time too. Like, you know, especially modern stuff, like as you get kind of tired of it, just not being weighed down with it. But I've been an on and off Marvel legends collector, but I found that if it's a Marvel legends animal, like a person that's, I love that stuff. I'll never get rid of that stuff. Like cap wolf and the bear, like Ursa major. Like I'd love that stuff. Like, yeah, those are the builder. The build a figure ones, right? I saw, I, it's crazy to always watch those because there's always uh, moments where you have like all of it except the left arm or something. And people are like, what the hell? And then when they complete it, it's just like celebration of completing it, which is rad. I've been lucky that we've got a lot of, a lot of toy collector friends. So if I want a build a figure, I'll put it together and then I can trade and sell figures really quick like i'll be like i'll even say hey i want this giant bear do you guys want you know all the, the figures that come with it and they're like absolutely and they'll send me something or i'll just send them off and they'll just yeah we don't get bogged i try not to get we can't display it we don't have it i don't have boxes of stuff like yeah it's gotta it's gotta have a place what are things as a part of your collection and your collecting that you're looking for or you actively, if you see it, you're like, this is, I need this on my shelf. And I like, again, like animal stuff. Um, weird, weird, <laughs> the weird, yeah. the weird is the more I like it. Like, you know, I like, uh, 
so her favorite G.I. Joe, this, this is a weird sentence for an adult man to say, but my wife's favorite G.I. Joe is Tiger Force Outback. Okay. I honestly, I think that's mainly because the vintage figure, he just had a kitty on his shirt. Like they had like Tiger, they were repaints. Like, I don't know if you know Tiger Force, but like Tiger Force was like, G.I. Joe would kind of run its course. It wasn't when stuff, like the 90s when stuff was getting really weird, but like late 80s, they were trying to find a way to reuse molds and make stuff over. So they made Cobra and the Python Patrol and G.I. Joe and the Tiger Force. And it was just like weird, yeah. same like Tiger print. And so in the UK, there was an exclusive and most everybody just had like Tiger Stripes and maybe it said Tiger Force on it, but they did a UK exclusive of Outback, the guy that had survival on his shirt with like the bandana and the red hair. And they gave him Michael McDonald, like white hair. And they gave him an orange t-shirt that just had a little kitty face on it. I love that. And like, it was Tiger Force, but it's just a little kit. And so my wife really, when she found that out, was that was a thing. She was like, well, shit, I got to have that. And she found out really quickly that it was like a, $200 figure and she's like well, shit I don't want to spend $200 on that and then this is kind of bring it back to the community Sam at Toy Du Jour who's a giant I mean, he is one of the G.I. Joe collectors out there he had an extra one and loved Stacy because everybody loves Stacy because she's amazing and he gave her his extra Tiger Force Outback Ooh. just gave it to her and and then the thing I love about the toy community is now you see the people pulling the strings and the toy companies. Yeah, there's a bunch of assholes, but one of the exclusives to Target right now is Tiger Force Outback. Mm-hmm. You can go buy a modern GI Joe classified version of Tiger Force Outback. So that excited my wife. Like my wife was like, "It's not as cool as you know, Kitty shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an actual tiger on a shirt, but like you know, it's." The, the, the trajectory of that, like this goofy toy was made. It caught her eye. We made friends with people. She got a really expensive exclusive from a friend that just offered it to her. And then like six or seven years later, you can get an exclusive of that at Target. Yeah. Just a weird little journey. There's just all these like weird journeys and toys. And I think that's a lot of the stuff I seek out now is like kind of, the, I mean, I do seek out a little bit of the stuff, you know, like when they do like a new, trying to think who I always kind of gear to like I like uh I guess I used to like if they did a snake eyes I'd always get the new snake eyes but now I'm like I don't need another snake eyes I got plenty yeah. of snake eyes but occasionally something will something will get me but yeah I just let's, I'm gonna go go for a little walk real quick if you got a second yeah let's do it that that's when I that's what I talk about like what we do and what we get to do and how awesome it is like in the end, that's kind of what it's about for me is just like, it's, it's given us, it's given us so much opportunity to do yeah. things. And, uh, it's not been too random of a conversation with me. No, no, no. Good. It's good. I think, um, the thing that comes to mind with all that is it must be a son of a bitch to dust in there. I mean, it's, I keep it clean. I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty, uh, anal retentive when it comes to stuff being so, so mm-hmm. I keep it. Air filters help too. Like we change the air filters a lot. That helps a lot. So. Yeah. Um, as you, uh, look over the career that you've had up until this point 
and you have made statements of um, like your best things are behind you or, or those types of statements, where do you see the, the conglomerate of battle babies headed? I'm going to keep making stuff. I mean, I, I don't mean to say my best stuff's behind me in a negative way. Like, yeah. you know, like for me, I just mean it like, you know, we've made a lot of goofy stuff. And now, especially with the job that I have now doing a thing that I love helping get people healthier, I don't have as much time to give to this. But when I give myself to it, I give myself to it as much as I can. And like I'm right now, I'm trying to get ready to make some dumb stuff for uh, assembly required. But for me, it's not it's no longer about making money at it. It's just about it's for so it never was, it didn't start about making money then it became about like making money just so I could keep doing it. But now I get to do it. So yeah. now I just get to make what I want when I want to and put it out there whenever I feel like doing it. And if people still remember me as part of the conversation a little bit, that's cool. But you know, I'm not the one out there working my ass off at it anymore. Like that's the other people. Like I, I'm just going to like spend the next two weeks getting 30, 40 pieces, goofy things together and putting them in a little suitcase and going down to Asheville and a place that we used to live really close to. We're a lot farther away from now, but like hanging out with like 20 people that we love and meeting probably 50 new amazing people and coming home with their weird ass shit and trade for stuff and buy stuff and have drinks and eat food. And like, that's just, that show is about just connecting with people. And which is pretty much all this has ever been about for me anyway, is just connecting with people and yeah. making, making a life out of it. So which is incredible. The, as we uh, approach the last, uh, the end of the podcast, the last part of the podcast is um, made for each artist to kind of plug everything that they've got going on, things that they've got that they want to plug. Uh, if they've got another podcast, anything, and so I leave that section just for every artist to kind of plug things. So go ahead. I'm too lame to plug anything. I don't have anything to plug. I got <laughs> I'm just going to, you know, keep, I'm always going to be on Instagram trying to, you know, trying to make people a little happier than they were. I think that's, I just want people, any interaction that anybody has with me. And I think I used to worry about it more than I do now, but I want people to feel better on the other end of a conversation with me or an interaction with me. and that's not to build me up, but that's the, you know, I want people, that's how I want life to go for people. I want people to be happier than they used to be, even if that's five minutes ago. Like, you know, keep looking, I'll be on Instagram making stuff. Cause I guess that's where old people go to die now is Instagram. Like that was cool. Like five years ago. And is it not cool anymore? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know how you put this on TikTok. I don't know how we TikTok this. <laughs> and that's, we like the Facebook and Instagram now, right? Is that now old? What's the thing that is the thing to do? Because I don't know. I, I, I'm not mad about it. I just don't know. Yeah, I work. The only reason I I keep up on this, I work with teenagers, and so it's like, I have to like every day. I'm spending time on social media just to make sure that I'm up on trends and stuff for them, and like we're keeping up and like how we interact. Um, but yeah, it is TikTok is your your gem, so that's the way to do it. I just don't know how to put this on TikTok. You know who's like, really like good it? at it? Rainbow Kids. Yawn. He, um, it, it's less about the toy 
though the toy's in there, but it's more about the process. And yeah. so, like, unmolding, pouring stuff, pour, like, spilling well, it. That's kind of what I've noticed, too, though, about, and not just the process of what this stuff is, but I've, I've noticed that just the last few months that TikTok and the way social media has kind of changed recently, it is, it's become more about help. There are people that are famous on TikTok for making videos that are specifically about making videos. Mm -hmm. It's like process of me making a video and that's what gets the views. And again, probably sounds like the beginning of an old man rant. I think it's cool. Like, I think it's great. Like I, I, I didn't think of it. If somebody, if that pisses somebody off, it's because they didn't think of it and they're not benefiting from it. So yeah, it's no skin off my back. Like if somebody's doing something awesome, then I want them to keep doing it. Like do the thing that fulfills you and make you feel good. Like do it. Finally, a reason to go back to the office. Introducing 9 to 5 Warriors, an exciting new toy line created for the Toys R Us kid that never grew up. Offering 10 unique characters that are perfect for your cubicle or home office. The 9 to 5 Warriors are available through Big Bad Toy Store. Join the battle alongside Major Eraser and the Water Cooler Commandos as they keep the peace. Or wreak havoc with Colonel Custard and the Break Room Bandits. Choose your side as these two forces clash over total office domination. Warning, do not leave unattended. Each figure sold separately. When you punch out, they come punching in.